Ready? Let's do it. What's going on, guys? Welcome. Take two. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Against All Odds podcast. I finally have a guest besides Mimi, so it should be an actually interesting podcast this time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Mimi's sitting right behind the camera. We got Andrew. Um, you guys are probably already familiar with Andrew, but uh, play for FC Tulsa. You excited to be on the podcast? Very excited, yeah. All right, so we'll roll the intro, and this podcast will be about injuries and surgery specifically. So let's roll the intro, and let's get started. <laughs> Okay, so no podcast or uh, no sponsor today for today's podcast. We're out of sponsors already, so money's pretty tight. <laughs> uh, anyway, first topic I want to go into is you know right now if I do the editing right, we'll both have the blue tick. You know, follow us on Instagram so you guys can go check out Andrew. You can check out me. We're both you know blue tick brothers <laughs> right now. Uh, you've had it for how long? Have you had the blue tick for? Five years now, I think. Five, six Five years. years. And you got it You got it first right when you were with Ottawa Fury? Yeah. yeah. And then same thing, the club did it all for you and everything? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah. And in your experience, like, I know it's like kind of like a funny thing. We joke a lot about like why getting the blue check or the blue tick or whatever. But do you think it's like beneficial for you as a brand or business or player or anything? It's definitely beneficial. Like it, it kind of... It makes your brand or whatever you want to call it look a bit more official, a bit more professional. Um, like however you present yourself, like as soon as you know people see that blue tick, it just automatically makes it look like it's a legit thing. Yeah, yeah, and that's like for me too. It's like I think like whenever I go on to anything or somebody comments and they they have the blue tick you just kind of immediately go, wow, like, okay, who is this guy? Let me check him out or whatever. And I think especially now it's transitioned so much for the last few years, but I think especially now it's like Instagram is actually like a, a recruiting tool or it's like a, you mm -hmm. know, if you're recommending a player and like, oh yeah, here's my, here's my buddy. He wants to come on in on trial. They have the blue tick, you know, it is kind of superficial, but it does mean something now, which is just yeah. funny. Well, especially now, like everything's so social media based. Yeah. Like everybody knows what the blue tick is. Yeah. So as soon as they see it, Five years ago, though, that I mean, I feel like it's still, I mean, five years ago isn't that long ago, but do you think it was different then versus now? Like, do you think it didn't mean as much five years ago, or do you think it was still pretty big? Uh, I mean, it probably means more now because everything's growing, but I mean, to me, five years ago was massive, right? Like, I was jumping up and down in my room when I got <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty cool. And I think, too, um, it's just like anything. I feel like whenever you are, especially for us that we're in, we haven't played at, like, the top flight, the biggest um, leagues in the world for the biggest teams in the world. You just kind of want to feel like you're part of, like, a big team or a big yeah, league. exactly. And so it's, like, similar. You see, like, you know, Ronaldo has the blue tick. You're like, yeah. okay, well. No, me and Ronaldo kind of similar. Yeah, very similar. <laughs> and the same thing too. It's like uh, when you, even for the photos, like you walking into training or walking into um, a game or anything, you yeah. see the big pros have that and mm -hmm. you kind of like feel similar. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's pretty cool. Um, uh, so basically little recap. So let's say you haven't been on the podcast for a while. You've been in a, lot, a few of my videos over the last years or a month or whatever. Um, do you want to just give like a two minute recap of like, just your career starting from like, I guess, right when you kind of left college and entered the pro game? Um, so I only did a couple years of university back home. Uh, Which is? Acadia in uh, Wolfville, Nova Scotia. 
Nova Scotia, which is again, I'll make this joke every time. <laughs> it's not in Sweden or Russia. Russia, Mimi thought it was in Russia, yeah, Nova right, Scotia, right, right. Yeah. which I can get. It's a it's an interesting sounding name, but <laughs> Russia wouldn't be like my. Yeah. I wouldn't think that it's from Russia. But anyway, go on. Yeah. Um, so only did a couple of years there. Went and signed with Ottawa Fury. I was on trial with them for about half a season in twenty fifteen, I think it was, and then I signed with them officially in 2016. Um, so I was with them for a couple of years, then ended up going over to Northern Ireland, uh, played for a club called Larne, uh, and then I was in England. And then last season, right at the, you know, probably about two days before preseason, I got a contract offer from what we used to be called Tulsa Roughnecks. And then ended up coming here, re-signed with them this year, now FC Tulsa. Mm-hmm. And so if you guys, I think, I mean, it's kind of funny you summarize it, but like there's so many crazy stories I remember going through it, like mm-hmm. you being in Northern Ireland or, or wherever, like the stories that you had there or like the two year gap that you had without a contract. Right. Yeah. And so like, it's very interesting. So if you guys haven't listened to Andrew's story, I'll link in the description, also his Instagram, but hit the podcast, the last podcast we did that goes through his full story, which is pretty crazy uh, as well. And so now you're 30 years old, 29. 29. When do you turn 30? August. August. Oh, yeah, yeah. I always forget. Your your birthday is like a day off from mine. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not 30 yet, though. I'm only 29. I mean, I feel like I'm turning 28. I mean, 28 is like, that's your late 20s already. People are starting to comment. They're like, oh, Matt, you're looking old. Like, Matt, you got gray in your beard. Oh, Matt, you got wrinkles now. Yeah, so... I'm starting to feel old. I'm fortunate as well. enough. I'm almost 30 and I don't have any of that. So <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Um, anyway, you know, now we'll get into like the, the topic of um, the podcast. So two days ago to three days ago, Wednesday, three days ago, time's flying already. Recovery is yeah. fast, but you had surgery on your left knee. Yep. Um, do you want to say the exact injury you had in the surgery you had and basically just what that was? Uh, so basically I had what they call an avulsion fracture. So I guess it's when the tendon pulls part of the bone off, um, whatever it's attached to. So with me, it was, uh, it was on my patella. So basically what it's called is microfracture surgery. So they go in, reattach everything, kind of scrape up the bone, try to promote as much healing as possible. Um, so now I'm stuck in a stiff leg brace for five, six weeks. And then after that, it's kind of as you progress. So it'll probably be about another month after that until I'm a hundred percent, but it could be anywhere from another month to two or three months. Mm -hmm. Depending on like the specific rehab, how it goes. Um, and so you have been like feeling discomfort there, pain there for a while. Like how long have you, like, when did it start? Uh, this started, I mean, I had a bit of discomfort last year, but we didn't know exactly what it was. Um, that was like tendonitis, right? Yeah. So that kind of, it, it can start as tendonitis. And then if you don't treat it properly or you don't let the, you know, the, the injury kind of go down, it can turn into an avulsion fracture. So it was in preseason. I remember going to strike a ball and basically my knee just gave out. Um, and it was just a sharp pain. And from then on, I couldn't really walk that well. Um, ended up getting an injection. I think it was end of February. I got the injection uh-huh. to try and hold me over pain wise. Cause we were still at that point, the league was still going on. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but then with the league being suspended, as soon as surgeries open back up, we figured might as well get it done now while, while there's no games being played. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, do you, when you, because you had it now, um, but ideally, do you think you, like, it should have been done a little bit earlier? Or do you think it's hard, like, because, did you have MRIs on it and everything? Yeah, I had an MRI. I mean, it's tough to say. Like, it's always easy to look back and be like, yeah, I should have gotten it done. But at the time, the, the injection for a while worked. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we had continued to play games, I would have wanted to play. Yeah. I would have wanted to be available. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's always easy to look. I remember that, like, when you had the injection and you were like, yeah, I'm a new man. Like, I, you were like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel really good. Yeah. Which is funny because I've had, like, I think three injections, steroid injections. Mm-hmm. And I've had, uh, like, two PRP injections over my career and like groin, abdominals, yeah. wherever I've been injured. And like, I've never noticed even a slight difference like at all. And so like, I, I guess I'm a little like biased to think like, oh yeah, we'll see, it's not gonna work. Yeah. But like, I've also seen like for your situation or different players, they go through that and all of a sudden they're, they're good. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was weird like where the actual like fracture, if that's what you wanna call it was, was still tender to touch even after the injection. but. I was able to run, jump, everything like that with no pain. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as soon as the injection kind of wore off about, it was probably about two and a half months after I got it, then it was just back to square one. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy. And the thing is, you've had surgery before in the past, right? Yeah, three surgeries. Three surgeries so far? Yeah. What, what other surgeries have you had? I had? Two labral surgeries, so right and left shoulder, and then I broke my jaw. Broke your jaw? Yeah. Wait, how did you break your jaw? So, I think it was 15. It was a high school game and just came out to get a ball at a guy's feet, got to it before him, and he swung through and knocked me out, basically. (laughs) (laughs) And you said, though, you said that this was your most painful surgery, Yeah, by far. This is the most painful. By far? Yeah. What? Like, out of a 10, what would you rate it? Probably an 8 or 9 right now. 8 or 9? And what about your labral surgeries? Uh, it wasn't actually that, but like, it wasn't like excruciating pain after I had this or it was just kind of like discomfort. Mm-hmm. This is just like, it just hurts nonstop. Is it throbbing? Yeah. And, and then like, if I try and move, like if I'm trying to get out of bed, I have to basically lift my whole leg. So like if I've been sleeping, so I'll, what I'll do right now is I've, I've kind of like jacked my bed up a bit. So I've got pillows underneath my mattress. Mm-hmm. So like my try and get like the swelling out of my leg. Yeah. But then as soon as I wake up, I'll go to put my leg down and all the blood rushes to my leg and then it's just like pounding. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's tough right now, but I mean, a little bit of ice, a little bit of pain meds. (laughs) Yeah. That's the, yeah. That's the thing with the surgery is at least though now it's like, I always like getting the surgery because it's like you've been dealing with pain or discomfort for a while and then you get it and you're Mm -hmm. like, okay, now it's like we're making good progress to recover and get better which is like what i like like everyone's like oh i'm so sorry you had to go through the surgery but for me it was always like okay you know just i'm one step closer to like getting back and better because especially if you go through one of those times where it's like you feel like you're kind of like waiting for the surgery i Mm -hmm. feel like the waiting for the surgery is the worst part yeah no exactly like that so i think i had to wait i had to wait a couple weeks once we decided we were going to go ahead with the surgery and then i had to wait a couple weeks until i could get in and that was probably the worst part because you're just sitting around waiting for basically the chance to finally start to feel better. Yeah. Um, so you're right. Yeah. The waiting around for the surgery is probably the hardest part. Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, like I've had, I've had now three, three surgeries, I think. Yeah, three surgeries. And like, it's funny because when I was younger, I thought that like, if you had a surgery and as a professional, you'd be like, you're done. Yeah. Like it, it was just like career ending. But like, as I've gone into the pro game and I've talked to more pros, especially with the podcast and I've talked to like Jeff and other, all these other players, it's like, you don't realize how many injuries happen. And I think out of everybody, there's been one player who hasn't had a serious injury. That was Janu. Janu really? hasn't had anything. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Not, I mean, knock on wood for him, but like that guy, like he's 29 now, I think. Or close around there. Yeah. Nothing. Just like a little ankle sprain here and there. That's crazy. But like every other person I've ever talked to has had either a surgery, broken bone, mm-hmm. major mm-hmm. injury. And it's just kind of funny, like that perspective change of like, oh yeah, surgery, no big deal. You yeah. know, like even what, on a normal, I mean, would you say in a normal season for with a team, how many injuries or surgeries, like injuries where you're actually out of training for like a week, how many times do you think that is per year? Oh, I mean, it's tough to say, but it's, it's always gonna like. There's always people carrying knocks. Yeah, always. Yeah. And I mean, like you, like you look at some of the the big big clubs. Like you know, you look at like a Manchester United, for example. Like there's definitely guys that sometimes aren't training every single day, and they're just saving them for the for the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's like I because you kind of like the club days or the high school days if you weren't training it was like what like what is yeah, it what's going on you feel like you have to be training every single day yeah and now there's like always always at least one or two players that are like no no my quads like acting up or like yeah. I you know I sprained my ankle or something more serious or whatever yeah. um, but it, like some people might look at that negatively but I always just look at it as like look like if you're going through an injury, like it's a very common thing, especially in the pro game if you're doing it every day. So like that's like my thing like for kids, like I had this one kid email me and message me and he was going through like a quad strain, like Mm -hmm. a bad quad strain Mm -hmm. that's always out like a couple months. He's like, my career's over, my career's (laughs) over. I'm like, bro, this happens every day at the pro level. And like the same thing, I mean, you would probably say the same thing about like, look, like don't, it's a marathon with your career, you know? Well, part of like rehabbing is you know, you have to look at it like that is training. Yeah. Like you're taking care of your body. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people think that training is just what you do on the pitch, but like how often are we, you know, after training, we go into the treatment room, we're off to the side of the pitch and we stretch, we do some core, we do whatever. But so if you've got an injury and you have to take care of that, that's just part of your training. Yeah. So like right now, like my training every day is my rehab. So whether like right now I can't really do much, but basically it's just icing my leg, you know, trying to flex my quad a little bit, but that's basically my training, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was for me. Like I felt that like it was just so much day by day and it was like, okay, well I was just so focused on the, okay, tomorrow I'm walking this distance tomorrow. I'm doing this, adding this little glute exercise or I'm adding whatever. So I was like, so hyper-focused on like what the goal was by the end of the week, what the goal Mm -hmm. was by Mm -hmm. today or whatever. And so that, that, like that I said, that that wasn't the problem at all. For me, it was always just the waiting when it was like yeah. waiting for the surgery or waiting for your MRI, MRI results or just like the unknown. And you're yeah. like, I'm feeling pain right now. Yeah. I don't know why. That's, I think that's the problem. Yeah, the unknown is definitely the worst. But yeah. once you know, and then you can kind of create short-term goals to help you reach your long-term goal, then it, it makes it a bit easier. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, and then, so how long was the recovery for like the labral surgeries in your shoulders? Uh, so the first one they said it was 
about six or seven months. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I, so I finally recovered from that. And then that following season, I did the other shoulder. So I wanted, I took a bit more of an aggressive uh, rehab with that. And I got back in about four months. Dang. So. And then what about the jaw? How long were you out with the jaw? Uh, Did you have to like eat through a tube or something? Yeah. So, I mean, that the jaw one, like, so that, that whole pro, so talk about waiting. So I did it in a game, didn't know that I'd broken my jaw that night, but like jaws crooked, can't eat. So then the, the following day I went to the dentist, mm-hmm. uh, they took x-rays, said yeah okay your jaw's broken so i have to go to the hospital and obviously with a jaw surgery it's you know they consider it like an emergency surgery um so they're like okay we'll get you in today so i'm there waiting and then you know uh, an actual emergency came in so they're like okay you're going to be bumped to tomorrow so i'm there waiting haven't eaten can't because you can't eat before surgery yeah so i'm in there and i'm like 15 at the time so i'm in there waiting and then I'm like, okay, tomorrow morning I'll get the surgery. I can wait till then. The following morning, another emergency came in. So we're going to bump you. And then I was supposed to get it that night. Another emergency came in. So I ended up being in the hospital for three days before I actually got surgery. Oh my God. Did you <laughs> so, eat? You couldn't eat at all? Or? No, it was just like an IV just putting fluids in me. Oh my God. Yeah. So How? I'm sitting there with like a crooked jaw in pain and not eating. And I'm like 15 at the time and, you know, that sucks. Yeah, it was brutal. <laughs> and then how long, once you had it, how long did it, did it take to recover? I think I was, so I couldn't eat solid food for about six weeks. And I had like, I had these screws in my jaw and it was like, why? So like, I couldn't really move my jaw. Right. Mm-hmm. So I had screws in my jaw, couldn't move, couldn't eat. And it was, and like, I couldn't have, uh, like thick food, either, like thick shakes or anything. It mm-hmm. had to be like very, very liquidy because they didn't like, if I tried to like suck through a straw, it would like pull the stitches out. So like that, that was brutal. Six weeks. <laughs> Could you talk? Kind of, after like two ish weeks, I got a little bit better, but it was kind of like mumbling. That sucks. Yeah. That, was, that <laughs> one was brutal. Yeah. I remember, I remember talking to you about this. I think though, like, I think it was last year when I was asking you that. Yeah, that's terrible. Um, so for this surgery, so eight weeks recovery is not that bad in the other surgeries that you've had. It's funny that it's like mm. the most painful, but it's like the fastest recovery. Yeah. You know, that yeah. is kind of I mean, funny. Once you get out of the brace, I don't, f- I mean, I, I don't really know, but from my understanding, once I get out of the brace, it's kind of, you know, like how I progress. So how fast I can get the strength back, my mobility back. Cause I mean, keeping your leg locked like this for six weeks, you're going to lose a bit, bit of mobility. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, once I get out of the brace, I think the hardest part is kind of behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, right now it's definitely the most painful. Yeah. Uh, and then talk about too, like whenever you get surgery as a kid or like whenever you go through an injury, usually what's nice about when you're growing up before you go and become a pro is that you have like, you're distracted with your family. You're usually home. You usually have like school or another job or something. But the, the hard part mentally, I think about being a pro and going through an injury is that this is your whole life. Like you're in Tulsa right now and you have your teammates and stuff, but there's, you're here only basically for soccer, you know? So it just makes the injuries. It's like, 
it's harder to distract yourself. Do you, do you think? Yeah, no, definitely. Like it's like for me, it was a big change, you know, I'm, I'm almost 30, but you know, like my mom and dad were always, always there for me. Right. So like to go into surgery, not really having, you know, a family member there with you and then to come out of surgery, not having a family member there with you is like, it's different. Like I've got, I've got Calum at home, <laughs> but it's <laughs> Callum sucks. <laughs> like Callum's Callum's a very loyal guy, yeah. right? Like he, he does help out, but it's just, it's just different. It's not, you don't have that comfort of knowing <laughs> that like Callum's not comforting. <laughs> he's not comforting. He's a great guy. He's hilarious, yeah. but he's not a comforting, like do you need anything, do you need pillow? <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll ask for a bag of ice, and he'll be complaining about having to bring me ice. Stop! Stop whining! Like throw yeah. the bag of ice to you. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it like it is weird, yeah, because like I don't have, like I mean, we're fortunate now, like with FaceTime, and mm-hmm. you know, you can play. Like I'm playing Xbox and stuff with my brother. Like I'll be playing. I'll be trying to play Fortnite with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so like there, there's those distractions, but it is it is different just not having that comfort of you know uh family members there with you yeah yeah and like coming out of surgery too it's just like you had our team trainer there which is awesome that he was there but like it's not like we said it's not like your mom being like well even now it's like so because of everything going on um nobody's allowed in the hospital so so i I went into the hospital on my own meeting all these you know doctors nurses that i don't know except for griffin yeah and uh you know, you come out of surgery and you're looking around for people that, you know, you want to make a connection with somebody that, you know, and I don't know anybody in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking around, I've just had surgery, don't really know exactly what's going on. And it's just, yeah, it was just weird. It's very weird experience. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah, definitely weird. <laughs> <laughs> I could for sure see that. And then, um, so what are you doing like right now? Like to distract yourself, you said you were playing Fortnite with your brother on mm-hmm. Xbox. Are mm-hmm. you, what are you watching on Netflix? Uh, I've been struggling with that. I can't really get into anything. Yeah. I have been feeling like Mimi and I are watching some like British HD TV, like <laughs> home thing. And honestly, I, I, did I say it was bad? No, it's, I've, I've been really into it, but like, I, we don't have like a Netflix series that we're like watching at all right I mean, now. It's tough. Like I'm very, I'll try and watch something, but if I'm not hooked after the first episode, I just can't go back and watch it. Yeah. We should put you on. It's called grand designs. It's yeah. actually on Netflix, but we, we watched the two seasons on Netflix. So now we're illegally streaming it <laughs> online. I mean, we're legally streaming it online. <laughs> what if I just get to sue? Could you imagine if I got sued because I said that I was illegally streaming it like on a podcast or something and I just got sued by like Grand Designs? <laughs> um, is there anything else? Like, so you're doing that, you're watching TV, playing Xbox, you're doing your rehab, you're coming, you came to training like the, the next day after your surgery. Yeah, I mean, for me, that's important though. Like, like I'm either going to be sitting at home in pain or I'm going to be sitting on the sidelines in pain. But I mean, especially just being like, we talk about being around people that, you know, or like, you know, having that, you know, uh, familiar connection, right? Like my family right now is a team. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I might as well be down, but down on the pitch and watching you guys train. Yeah. Yeah. No, it mentally that, that probably helps like a lot. I remember when I had my surgery last year, 
with my uh, with my abdominal on my right side and my groin. Mm-hmm. Like I I was I was in so much pain the first like three or four days. So I took like a full five six days before I even came to training. But like even then I was just like so. I mean I can only take Mimi. In very small doses before I get annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, it, it was great. Mimi helped me out a ton, but like, yeah, Mimi had an allergic reaction to like something and she was completely yeah, covered in like yeah. hives. So it was like we were just both oh. lying in bed in pain. <laughs> um, but no, it, after that, even like I was like craving seeing my teammates. And like I remember yeah. I went on a walk around the apartment complex and I saw like Jeff and Anthony. And I was like, oh my God, I was so excited. Yeah. It, it's, it's very funny how like you just, it mentally helps to have people around you that you know and, and to mm-hmm. talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, like there's, I mean, people always ask me like, what else can I do during my rehab process in order to like improve your game? And there's always, for me, like my answer is like, yeah, it's the cliche of like, oh, you can always watch game footage. You can always watch games. You can always do other stuff. Um, But like, honestly, I think like what you kind of already hinted at, for me, the 99% of it is focusing on your rehab and getting better, right? Yeah. Is there anything else that you do or would recommend to do in order to like improve during this time? I mean, honestly, sometimes taking a break like helps. Like I find sometimes, you know, even if it's just like two weeks, if I step away and don't do anything, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, you can argue you might lose a little sharpness or whatever, but I find things that I've been trying to drill into myself, like technical things. I'll just pick up right away as soon as I go back. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, sometimes stepping away and taking a little break isn't always a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Maybe the camera's going. (laughs) okay good just just keeping you on your toes out there no i agree though because like sometimes you listen to like the people like the recommendations and it's almost like um i don't want to say unrealistic because i'm sure some people do that where it's like when they're injured or whatever they watch a ton of do like watch a ton of games do a ton of game analysis do mental training or whatever and i think Mm. if it helps you and like that's what you like to do like go for it but for me honestly like when i was going through the injury like kind of the last thing i wanted to do was to do like mental training or or watch a game like i'll watch a game sometimes but like it wouldn't be like oh i'm gonna like have my notepad here and take notes about this game And 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 i think like what you said about taking a break like it really is true i mean especially at the pro level you're doing this every single day Mm every single day so sometimes it is good to take a step back take a break and you come back refreshed and like excited to get come back into it exactly and i mean like right now all your focus has to be you know getting better so like if i'm putting like for example right now i struggle you know getting down into the car and then going somewhere Mm -hmm. so if i'm using any other mental energy into doing something else just not possible yeah i need to put all my focus into rehabbing my leg yeah so i don't real like right now i don't need to watch matches from a month ago or a year ago um just focus on the injury because it's not really i mean it's not really going to change much if you're watching game footage right now like what what are you really going to do yeah i i agree i think uh like somebody somebody I was with Michael Cunningham. He's actually like another YouTuber. I don't know if you know him, but like he's like seven MLC, but we were mm-hmm. talking, we we're doing like a podcast and he said something that like, he's like, okay, look like you can, the mental training, it's like, you know, it sounds great and stuff, but like, I think he, this is, this is his words. Like, he's like, I think that the best thing with mentality is like, it's like the same way you work out at the gym. You go in the gym and you like put your muscles under stress and you like 
you know, overwork them and then you come back stronger. And it's like with mm. your brain and mentally, you go through hard times like an injury or whatever. And just that process alone, you come back stronger from it because it's like you're going through tough times and you come out stronger the other side. So like, I, I agree with that. Like, I think it's like anybody can sit down here and think about, you know, I think goal setting and all that stuff's important. But I think honestly, like my opinion with mental training is like, it really comes to like pushing outside your comfort zone mm-hmm. and then like going through tough situations and tough times times and then you come out mentally stronger Mm -hmm. on the other side like i mean so for example right now like i can't even think about doing anything with a ball or catching anything like i probably wouldn't start considering doing like mental stuff until you know i get out of the brace and then i can start you know you know running for example right or passing kicking whatever but there's no point right now you know, watching games or anything. I just need yeah. to put all the focus into this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then for the rehab, how, like, have you gone over like what, I mean, I know you said you have it locked up for six weeks pretty mm-hmm. much. Um, but when do you start like the exercises and what does that look like? And like, do you have that at all? Or is it just right now you're just focused? Like, um, it's just day by day. I'll be doing some stuff like I'm going to, to, to the physio, I think, two or three times a week and basically what they'll be doing is moving my patella a little bit um, slowly bend my knee um, and then I think the biggest concern they have right now is just making sure my quad doesn't stop firing Mm -hmm. so like for for example I basically just have to sit at home and just try and flex my quad Um, that's really all the exercises I can do right now (laughs) Sounds fun. <laughs> Just flex the quad. Yeah. That sounds fun, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's tough. Like, right now, like, I went into physio yesterday, and it's just hard for me to even get into my head doing some stuff just because of the amount of pain I'm in. Yeah. So, like, until I can kind of, like, I think I go in probably Monday again, and until I actually see them kind of run me through the little exercises... I can't even comprehend in my mind doing it just cause it just hurts too much right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, remember, I did the same thing. I remember looking at like the sheet that I had of like the three month plan or it was mm-hmm. like two month plan of what to do. And I was even looking at the next week. I'm like, okay, how am I supposed to walk like yeah. two miles? Yeah. I can, I can barely walk around my apartment right now, but it is, I mean, just take it day by day. You listen, you yeah. test out the pain. Um, when you, I think like something that too that I've noticed with my surgeries. I don't I don't know if you've noticed it or had to do this, but like sometimes for me, like I'll look at my rehab program mm-hmm. and it will it will say to do something, but then my body will literally be like, no, like you, it's a painful thing. And I know sometimes you do have to push through the pain, but there was times where it was like one or two exercises where I knew like had that gut instinct of like, mm-hmm. no, this is too much. Have you had that? Like yeah, with the other? I mean, yeah. A hundred percent. Like they, they were talking about me slowly bending my knee myself and like this was the other day and there's just no possible way I could have done it. And I was like, I know for me to, to kind of be okay with where I am right now, like I couldn't put my body in more stress. Mm-hmm. And I think like, yeah, the doctors and the physios do know what they're talking about, but at the same time, like, you know, your body best. So like, if there's really something that you just can't yeah can't do then i don't think you know if you if you just need an extra day or whatever it is i don't think that's going to hurt you in the long in the long run yeah yeah 
I remember there was one time where I was coming back from an ab surgery mm. and like the first exercise on my rehab program, the first ab exercise was like an ab wheel, like the roller thing. Yeah, no and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> let's do like a dead bug first and then we'll yeah. move on to the ab yeah. wheel. But I was like, oh man. But it, it, I don't know if that was mental or if that was like a mistake in the program or whatever, but it was just funny that like I kind of had that kind of stakes of like, no, there's no way I'm going to be able to do that. And yeah. maybe I was just being soft, but like, I, I mean, I came back from it. It worked out in the end. Maybe I delayed it by a day or so, but yeah. mentally. It's tough or, though. Like, I mean, you like for anybody doing an ab wheel, like that's a tough core exercise. Yeah. So like if you haven't done anything to even like push your abs yet to go jump into something like that mm. is like, it's just hard to kind of break that barrier in your mind. Yeah. And it's, it's, for me, it was hard to trust. Cause it's like, they went in and gave the mesh and supposedly the mesh is stronger than even your abdominal wall. So it's like, it's not going to tear or it can tear, but it's like, it's very strong yeah. that I had. And then, so they're like, they're like, trust it, trust it. And for me, I just kept on thinking like, no, it's like weak, weaker now, weaker yeah, now. Exactly. And so it's like hard to get over that mental barrier as well. Um, okay. So this is going to be like a, not a loaded question. I don't know the type of question, but this is like, let's say you are, you're 29 right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you've had, this is your fourth surgery, but let's say this is, you know, it's not even really, this is your first surgery. That's really soccer specific. I guess you're a goalkeeper. So shoulders are kind of soccer specific, but anyway, um, you're like 30 years old now. What would you say to somebody who goes like, okay, look, like you probably won't be able to recover from this one. Like, a, do you, do you have any doubt in your head that you're going to recover to hundred percent? Like, no, I wouldn't listen to him. Yeah. You, you wouldn't listen to him? No. Yeah. No. Because like I had that, like some, especially being on YouTube, like I had a lot of people when I was like, when was my last surgery? 26, 25, 26. Like, Oh, you're done. You're too old now. No, don't listen to him. Yeah. Don't people doubting you is like a useful tool mm. like that, that motivates me. So if somebody said, no, you're done, you're not going to come back and play. All right, we'll see. Like I, for somebody to say that, like, first of all, they're not going to be in my circle. Like if somebody's telling me, no, you're done, sorry, you're not going to be able to play again. Well, I'm just not going to talk to you anymore. Like, have you had anybody do that yet? No, I don't think so. I mean, that's not, okay. not with this. I mean, no, nobody said that. Like the doctor's really optimistic about it. He, he said it went really well. I should make a full recovery. So, I mean, it, but yeah, like if anybody said that, I just, like, yeah, that would motivate me to come back even better. Yeah. hundred percent. So like any, any time that I had, you know, I was struggling mentally with the pain or, you know, I was feeling like there were setbacks. I would just use that to motivate me. Doubt, doubt is a good motivator. Mm hmm. And it's, I like what you said too about like having that, like you just wouldn't have that in your circle if someone yeah. said that. Cause it's like, I did, I had a, this is the worst thing ever, but I had a physical therapist and this was like before I had the surgery on my left side mm -hmm. and he was ta talking to me and he's like, yeah. And he said something, this was like in San Diego. This was after I had my first surgery and I ended up needing the second one on the groin. But they're like, the guy literally said, yeah, I mean, it's very possible that you're just never going to get rid of this pain. And it's going to be with you for the rest of your life. And I was like, okay, I need a new physical therapist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like how can you, not only to have someone in your circle, but to have like a physical therapist tell you that it's like, mm -hmm. okay, if you don't have confidence that you can get me better, how am I supposed mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. trust that you're going to do everything you can? And so it's like immediately I was like, nope, I'm going to go to a new one. Like yeah. I need somebody who's going to go, yeah, I can get you better. I'm going to yeah. get you better. You will be better. 
and it's like the same thing uh, friends or whoever is I think especially too like I said in the soccer world especially at the professional level where this is so common every professional is going to go sweet okay yeah eight weeks you'll be training I, I bet majority of my teammates or our teammates have said like yeah yeah you'll be back in eight weeks or like have like have no doubt in their mind that this is like you won't be back training this year this mm. season you know no like and like especially with our team I think we're a bit like we're fortunate that for the most part everybody on our team kind of almost invest themselves in each other. So like the amount of messages I got after surgery or the, the guys coming up to me, you know, asking about asking how long and then they'll tell me, no, 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 you'll be back in a month and a half. Yeah. You'll be back sooner. You'll be back stronger, stuff like that. And I think like we're, we're lucky cause you know, not all clubs are like that. Right. Like there, are, there are some teams I've been on where like, I don't even, you know, a few of the guys you don't even speak to. Right. Mm. So I think we are, we're lucky to have a team that's uh, kind of positive in that sense. Yeah. Um, but he, but going back to what, what I was saying about the, that circle, like it's, you can apply it to everything. Like, you know, growing up, as you probably know, like there's probably a lot of people out there that didn't think you'd play. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so it's the same. You just apply that to that. Like if you don't think I'm good, if I'm good enough to play, I'm just not going to talk to you. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be in my circle because I, I want to be surrounded by people that are going to motivate me. Yeah. Like everybody, like friends, agents, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I had an agent that said the same thing. Like it was after St. Louis and I was talking to him and he goes, look, like surgery, you've, you know, I just don't know if you're going to be like, I don't know if it's old age or I don't know. And I was like 25. He's like, I don't know if it's old age. I don't know if you're slowing down, but I don't know if I can get you a contract. And I was like, okay, look, like if that's the mentality you have and agents mm. are supposed to be overly like positive about that. Yeah. I'm like, okay, no, like it's fine. That's fine. You think that it's not going to affect me. I'll find another agent who is a hundred percent. Yeah. I can get you a contract. Yeah. You'll mm-hmm. be back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have trust in you about this friends, everything like, I had one parent like back in, um, not my parent, but a, a friend's parent like say like weird things about like me not ever going to be able to sign a pro contract after I already had a good division one collegiate career, kind of same thing. I was like, I was like kind of like socially distanced myself yeah. from talking to them yeah. a little bit because yeah. there's just no need. There's no need for that. You know? No, I agree. Like I remember, I don't know why I remember this so distinctly, but I was at a family dinner and it, it isn't like a, a close relative, but he was asking kind of like what I want to do when I'm done high school and all that. Mm. And I told him and he's like, well, is that actually realistic? Yeah. I'm like, well, why isn't it? Like, why, why can't I go do that? <laughs> and then he's like, well, what's your, you know, what's your backup plan and all that stuff. And like, I don't really like for me personally, I don't really believe in necessarily having a backup plan. Cause then you're not a hundred percent invested in plan a. Mm-hmm. So I just think if you're like, whether it's an injury or trying to play, whatever, if somebody's, you know, n- not motivating you or doesn't believe in you, then just cut them out. Yeah. No, it's, it's funny. It was like the same thing. I was at a Christmas party and the, the, my friend's parent was like, this was like my junior or senior year of college. And they were like, so what are you going to do? Like, it was like at that time where all of my friends were like just about to graduate or getting internships. And yeah. It's like, what are you going to do? Like, are you have any internships or job offers or what are you, like, what's your thoughts? I'm like, no, I'm going to drop out of school and I'm going to go 
play pro. And like literally her first response was just laughing. Like just laughing. Like, okay, what are you really going to do? I'm like, no, I'm not joking. Like I know I joke a lot, but like, I'm not joking about that. Like I'm going to drop out and I'm going to try to play pro. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, that's so risky. Like, what are you going to do? Like, what's your backup plan? Same thing. I'm like, well, look, I can always, I mean, even though it's not like a backup plan, but like you have so many like fallback things of like, you mm -hmm. know, it's like, I'm not like actively thinking in my head, like, Oh, I have my college degree. If I fail at one trial, I'm going to go back to college. It's like, if look, if I'm 35, I'm done playing, I can always go back to college. I can mm -hmm. always go back and do this. And so it's like, it's a distinction that I like made. It's like, um, I'm a hundred percent all in to go play pro. And then once I've completely exhausted everything, mm -hmm. then I'll figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Like there's, like there's uh, so much opportunity and time for you to just go back. Like if you want to go back to school or whatever, but you only have a limited amount of time to go all in if you want to play professional sports. Yeah. That's what Mimi and I were, were talking about a lot and have been talking about a lot is because like Mimi wants to be an interior designer and is going to be I in the future. Mimi is an interior. <laughs> she got a degree now. Got her interior design degree as well. So that's for Mimi Estelle, right? On Instagram? Yeah. Mimi Estelle? Okay. <laughs> um, but um, the problem that we're struggling with is that she wants to set up a, her own studio, her interior design studio. Mm -hmm. But that's hard to do when you bounce around from city to city or country to country. That's your fault, right? It's all my fault. Yeah. <laughs> so now the thing is like, look, I got like, I have a limited window in order for me to chase this goal of being a pro. Mm hmm. Mimi, you can be an interior designer forever. So work with me now. And then once I'm done playing, I'll work with you and then we'll go wherever yeah. you want to be. But no, it's, I mean, it's the same thing. Like literally you have such a small window of chasing, of, of being a professional soccer player. Yeah. And then, then you're I done. Mean, if it doesn't work, like the way I look at things, like if it doesn't work, I'd rather be able to look back in 10 years and be like, yeah, at least I tried. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like if I look back in 10 years and be like, oh, I wish I was a bit more invested or I wish I, you know, just tried a bit harder. Like I, I don't think I could live with that. Yeah. I think that's, that's the worst thing. I could, I couldn't imagine being like, especially the times where I like thought about quitting or not thought about it. But it was like at that moment where I was like, mm -hmm. oh, this sucks, man. I hate getting rejected from clubs or whatever. I hate going on trials. Like if I look back at those times and, and I did actually end up quitting and I was 40 years old and be like, man, what would have, what would have happened if I would have just gave it another year? Yeah. What would have happened if I would have just like try to do this? Like it is, I would never wanted that, those thoughts to be in my head when I was yeah. older. No, I agree. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, I think the, like the last thing too with like injuries is just like that. Like, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. What do you like the beliefs of like, I wonder about how much of like your own beliefs of like, I'm going to come back a hundred percent affects actually how well you come back. Like if it affects your rehab, it affects your, like, I have no idea. I mean, it probably has a big impact on it, right? Like it's the same as if you go into a game thinking, you know, I'm going to do really well or I may not play that well today. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I think if you have that positive mindset that you are going to come back and you are going to be fully recovered, it's definitely going to help you. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder. I I wonder like the science. If there's ever been a scientific study, it's hard to to calculate that. Like, what's your belief that you'll be back? Yeah. Uh, I'm at not eighty seven percent right now. Yeah. Um. How long do you have you thought about how long you want to play? I mean, that's tough. Like it. Like obviously, I want to play as long as possible. Yeah. So like, if I could play forever, I would. Um. But I mean, for me. 
yeah, I don't know. Like I, I would ideally like to like for a keeper, you look at some keepers, they can play until they're 40. Yeah. Right. So if I could play until I'm 40, great. But if I can continue to, you know, show up week in, week out, perform to the best of my ability, then I'm happy to continue to play. So I don't really have, I don't want to put like a time limit on it. I don't mm-hmm. want to say another two, three years because then mentally you're kind of, you know, once you get to that third year, oh, maybe I'm checking out, maybe this is it. Yeah. But I mean, for a keeper, realistically, if you're, if the top, top keepers in the world are playing till they're 40, I mean, let's say I've got another 10 and a half years in me. Yeah. I think, I think players too can play like the whole like old age thing. I know like everybody jokes like, Oh, I'm getting old now when you're like 27, 28. (laughs) But honestly with like the nutrition now, the workout programs, the mobility, like the way you're treated, like everything. Um, I feel like most players can play into their mid thirties. I feel like if you're taking care of your body and working out, eating right, all that stuff. And especially as a goalkeeper, because you guys don't do anything. (laughs) You guys can play until 40. Um, Body wise, I think, I think mentally is what a lot of players struggle with, like the bouncing around and like the lack of a life or doing like that, that kind of stuff. I feel it's like, especially at the lower levels when you're not getting paid 10 million a year. I feel like for me, that's where I've noticed most players stop playing is because they kind of reach that mentally where they're like, you know what? I've had a good run. I'm done. I mean, it, it depends on, yeah, it depends on the situation too. Like my situation and your situation is very different. Like you've also got to think about Mimi, right? Whereas like, (laughs) I can, I can bounce around the world and like be fine. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, I just have to think about myself. So I think. I'm the baggage. Yeah, I got baggage. (laughs) So like, it's just tough. Like I'm fine with whatever, you know, whatever kind of contract it is, wherever it is. Whereas, you know, for you, two people basically have to be okay with it. Mm -hmm. And a cat. Yeah, and Gucci. Yeah. And Gucci. Yeah, don't forget yeah. Gucci. Psycho. Now I gotta. Now I gotta talk. I gotta talk to Gucci. Gucci, you know, Mimi, we gotta talk. Is this gonna be this contract gonna be good? Is this gonna provide the life that we want for for Gucci? That's the main thing. That lunatic. Yeah, <laughs> she's great. We gotta lock her up in the bedroom because I knew she was napping all day. She'd come running around and doing all this stuff. Um, and then uh, like I let's talk a little bit now about like this this season. So we've just gotten word. I know it's, we have to be careful about what we say and we have to be careful about, cause we don't really know. But, um, apparently the league kind of voted to resume play on July 11th. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you, th- what are your thoughts about like that in terms of the, cor- I know cause there's two different situations. We're talking about the coronavirus situation situation. We're also talking about like financially, like with the coronavirus, like, do you think it's going to be plausible to travel and to play? in July, August, September, like, are you scared? Do you have any doubts? Are you like 50, 50? What are your, what are your thoughts? And you can always plead the fifth. You can always <laughs> not say anything. I mean, it's tough. Like, cause nobody really knows what's going to happen. Like, we don't know if there's going to be another spike. We don't know, mm-hmm. you know, like obviously the coronavirus, like it is very bad. Like it's, you know, it's very unfortunate what's happened. Um, but like, yeah, it's just, it's just very tough. Cause like you, you got to think now, like if we're flying, you know, every other week, let's say, and then we would have to get tested. And then, you know, if, you know, hopefully none of us get it, but if one of us got it, 
you know, what do we do? Like, yeah. how do we, like, does the whole team isolate? Does just one person, like, it, there's just so many factors that go into it. That, like, yeah. Thankfully, I, like, I don't have to worry, like, it's not my decision, so, mm-hmm. but. You just do what you're told. Exactly. So you'd be here at this time. We're going here, here, here. You go, okay, yes, sir. <laughs> exactly. No, but I, it is hard. And I think that's what we've had meeting after meeting and, and Zoom call mm-hmm. and everything. And it's so hard because everybody, and this is the thing that always boils down to, everybody's situation is unique. Every single person has different fear, fears or doubts or levels of comfort. I mean, some players just don't care at all. And they're like, I just want to play. Some players are on the opposite end of the spectrum. Some players, most players are probably right in the middle. Like, I really don't know. And mm-hmm. there's just so many things of like, okay, if we do play or if we do bust, like, what does this look like? Like, mm-hmm. it's just so, it's going to be so, I'm always telling people like, it's going to be so interesting to see what happens because just there's so many different things that could happen logistically, how it's going to work. Like, and I, all of us want to play all, every single player is like ideally an ideal world. We'd be playing right now, but if there's just, it's just such a crazy, crazy yeah. situation. And then we also have the entire financial side now, cause we're not Bayern Munich. We're not Manchester United with billions of dollars. And at Tulsa, we were very fortunate and we have great owners, but like being a second division league, there's many clubs out there that are not in the best financial situation as well. So what are your thoughts on like, do you like what, if you had a prediction, like, do you think there's going to be any clubs that are just not going to play this season or going to go bankrupt after the season or anything? Mm. And this is all speculation. Like this is just two players who know nothing, <laughs> all speculating. But what are your thoughts? Uh, I don't know about the bank. <sighs> I mean, it's tough. Like there, I do think there will be clubs that aren't able to play. Like you look at some of the, some of the areas that are still, you know, kind of locked down. Like we're fortunate to be in Tulsa where a lot of things are opened up. The cases haven't been too, too bad. Um, but then like you think about New York, LA, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is it feasible for, you know, one of those teams to be able to come here or for us to be able to go there and play games? Like, it's just so hard to tell. Um, I mean, yeah, it's just tough. Like, and then you have to think like, can we get fans into the games? Yeah. Cause that's where a lot of the revenue comes in. Um, so I don't I'm, know. What I'm worried about is some teams would only want to play if there's fans. And then if, you know, in, in many areas, I think that's not like that realistic. Like I think in Tulsa, yeah, we could probably play with fans by the end of the year. But like, I think in some cities it might not be realistic. And then I'm wondering, it's like, okay, if some teams don't want to play and without fans, like, I just hope, like, I don't know, again, there's so many situations and and you never know week by week. It's always different, but like, I just hope that we can figure something out where we can get some sort of games in or do something. I mean, you want, you want to be able to play for the fans and like be able to perform for them and put on a show for them. Like, I think we're fortunate regardless of whether the fans are at the stadium or out of the stadium, like we're lucky enough that they're going to support us regardless. Yeah. Like our fan, our fan group is pretty good with that. Um, but I know some, like some clubs, well, I don't think any other clubs in the USL have as good of fans as us though. Right. Best fans. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's just tough. Like it's just such a loaded question. Cause like we'll say this, but then we could go ask Callum and, we all know he's going to have his own opinion. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's that's the thing. I, I sprung all these questions on Andrew too, because 
we were just supposed to talk about your injury, but yeah. I want to talk about returning play. And it's hard. You have to pick your words carefully because you yeah. never know. And again, we're just players. We're literally just players. And we know pretty much the same amount as every other person out there right now. So it's yeah. just all like guessing. Um, but yeah, I hopefully, like my hope, honestly, is that we get to back to playing in the safest way possible. We can get games. Um, it's whatever. I mean, even if it's friendlies or something, just playing, doing something this year. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, you know, we'll reevaluate by the end of the season, but it's going to be, yeah. I mean, end of the day, it's whatever is going to be safest for everybody. Yeah. Like we all want to play, like we're all in the exact same situation right now as players, but we need to think not just about ourselves, but whatever's going to be the best for the whole community. Like mm-hmm. we don't want to make we don't want it to spike in Tulsa we're the reason (laughs) (laughs) so like teams coming here like we have to think is that going to cause a spike in Tulsa we kind of have to think about that as well but I don't know yeah and then like I think it's funny that like what James Cannon our uh, president said like a week ago and he was just like or a few days ago I think it's like yeah um, I didn't have you know we didn't have a global pandemic clause or like a plan for a plan of action for yeah. a global pandemic this year so kind of you know it kind of came out of nowhere it's just it's so funny that we're going through a global <laughs> pandemic honestly I, I know it's a very serious topic but like it's kind of funny to think about that going into this year and like what my goals were and what I was envisioning mm-hmm. for the year and then now just completely changed everything and you just have to be ready just be like okay whatever stay fit stay sharp stay ready to go mentally ready to go I'm ready to go if Either way, if they say, look, nope, everything's canceled. You're going mm-hmm. home tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, see ya. I'm, I'm going home and I'll get back fit and I'll get training and I'll figure it out. Or if they go, nope, games are tomorrow. I'm like, okay, I'm already fit. I'm ready to go. Let's, let's, let's get yeah. this going. You just have to be ready no matter what. Yeah. And now you throw an injury on, on top of everything. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like for me, July, what was it? July 11th, 11th isn't like, that. that's not even an option for me right now. Yeah. So... In my mind, like ideally, I would be very okay with it being, you know, a little further back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, right now my focus is just getting back fit and 100% as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, thankfully, I don't have to think about or make those decisions about. I know. I, that's why I'm so thankful. Like what you said earlier too, is like, we just have to listen, do yeah. as we're told because yeah. at, there's people that are smarter than us making the decisions and we just kind of follow along and it is, it takes a lot of the pressure yeah. off. The only good thing I'll say is like they're, they're talking about having a bus instead of fly. I'm very okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, Andrew gets so scared on airplanes whenever there's a little bit of turbulence. No, no, no. It's not a little bit of turbulence. Like the plane is bouncing all over the sky. I will say that where we are in the Midwest or the South, like around Tulsa, it's, it gets bumpy and choppy in the air. Very. And Andrew doesn't do too, too well with that. I have no, no problem at all. For me, I just, I can just fall asleep. We go, I I like it. I I like the pit in my stomach that I get when we drop. I think it's kind of like a roller coaster. So let me, let me just tell you guys, Shelly's the kind of guy that will be (laughs) sitting behind you. And when there's a little bit of turbulence, he'll shake your chair. (laughs) He knows I hate flying. Just so anytime there's a little bit of a bump or if the seatbelt sign comes on, he'll start shaking my chair. Be like, oh no, we're going down. <laughs> I just whispered to you though. I don't try to say it to the whole 
<laughs> yeah. No, I hope that we... That'd be cool if we could fly, though, by the end of the season. Just somewhere. I want to play in California. I really want to play in San Diego. That's what I was looking forward to, playing us the San Diego Loyal. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, other than that, you know, I hope uh, your recovery and your rehab goes well. I'm glad that you got the surgery out of the way, and now, like, the worst is kind of behind you, and now it's just all, like... Just stick into the program and you'll be back in like eight weeks. Anything else? Anything else about recovery or rehab or surgery that we didn't touch on or anything? I don't think so. I think touched on everything. Good podcast then? Very good, yeah. All right, good. I um last thing, as always, you know, Andrew's got a blue tick. I got a blue <laughs> tick now. We're all good. Go follow him on Instagram. If you haven't already, go check me out on Instagram. Um nice seat he you know, Andrew's sponsored now by Seek Discomfort, so he thinks he's a big deal. <laughs> but whatever. But anyway, last words. Give one la- one last phrase to the to the people. One last motivational thing. Put you on the spot. <laughs> uh, let doubt be a motivator for you. There you go. That's the topic of the the podcast right there. Um, all right. Well, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you guys on the next podcast. Thank you, Andrew, for coming down and chatting, even with the surgery and the recovery. Appreciate mm, it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. All right, guys. Peace. Mm-hmm.